weekend, we remember, we pause to remember that the temporal blessings that we enjoy as Americans have come at a great cost to others. But in a much greater and more important significance, we remember that Jesus procured our eternal blessings because of his voluntary sacrifice and his death on the cross. Now, Charles Wesley pondered the wonder of this, that we should be afforded such a spiritual heritage when we, in fact, are the sinners who caused his suffering. And so he writes, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? I'm always grateful and always humbled when I get an invitation to stand here and preach from this pulpit. I've known this pulpit for many, many years, and it's always good to come back and stand before 
the people of the Jonestown Bible Church. Would you turn with me in your Bibles this morning to John chapter 12, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 26. John 12, verse 26. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that your spirit would guide us into the truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, that we have your word. We thank you, too, for the freedom that we have to carry our Bibles, to come to church, and to fellowship together. We thank you for the spirit of God, which teaches us all truth. Help us, Lord, to remember the sacrifice you made, even while we remember the sacrifice of those tens of thousands who gave their lives that we might enjoy our freedom today. Bless your word to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 12, verse 24 through 26. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. The title of my message is The Honor and the Glory of Sacrifice. Every year this weekend in May, we set aside to remember the courageous men and women who died in the service of their country. Many tens of thousands wearing military uniforms, others wearing police uniforms, firemen, and EMS workers. We recall that at some point in our past, in our history, various local or national or global events came together. It brought young lives into conflict. Young men and women who were once full of promise, who had hope and expectations. But these came into hazardous and threatening conditions, which ultimately led to their untimely deaths. They gave their lives that we might live in freedom and safety. When a person enlists as a military member or as a public servant, when he accepts the risks when he is willing to lay down his life on the line voluntarily, we read that there is no greater love than this, that a man should lay down his life for a friend. It is an honorable thing to believe in your country, to believe in everything our American flag stands for, to believe to the extent of the ultimate sacrifice. On this weekend of remembrance, we the living, pause to render the honor that is due them. Quoting Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, it is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. The full honors funeral of a military member is a very sober, solemn, and striking ceremony. At Arlington National Cemetery, the soldier's last ride is upon a caisson drawn by six strong horses. And in that procession, there's always a color guard that is carrying the banner of the American flag and the service flag of the deceased military member. Also, platoons of service members representing the deceased branch of service march in full dress uniform. The muffled drums beat 
the band plays somber hymns as the procession makes its way to the gravesite. When they arrive, the body bearers unload the flag-draped casket and place it over the grave. Then the chaplain delivers the eulogy. Round about this scene, there are often sightseers who have come to visit Arlington Cemetery. Perhaps the deceased is a notable individual whose funeral is being broadcast on television. Onlookers watch in awe and respect at the care and the beauty and the precision that befits a fallen soldier. But there, seated by the casket, we find the loved ones and family of the soldier, often numb with grief. They may not have heard anything spoken by the chaplain. Some are barely aware of the pageantry of the ceremony. Their eyes are filled with tears. Their minds are bewildered by their grief and loss. Beyond the gravesite, there are seven soldiers with seven rifles who fire three bursts of rifle fire. The family is startled. Reality sets in. The last sound they hear is taps. These are worthy of honor. In November of 1863, Abraham Lincoln visited the Gettysburg battlefield. There he addressed the families of fallen soldiers. He shared their sorrows. He extolled the sacrifices of those who died there. He exhorted his listeners to resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. For now, let us not deliberate on the faults of our government. I do not mean to focus on things that we might tend to criticize. We have endured as a nation for over 250 years. Many tests and challenges to our democracy have come and gone throughout those years. But again, quoting Lincoln, each challenge gave proof that a nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. And because men have fought and died for our constitutional values, it has. It has long endured. And we fervently pray that for many more years to come, a strong biblical foundation would undergird our lasting American values. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 24, we read this, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. A single grain, that is a single life, when it falls into the ground, it brings forth much fruit. Paul is speaking metaphorically. Paul is describing a life of sacrificial service. It may refer to service to our nation, but in a more significant application, it, it applies to sacrificial service for our Lord. In order to get a crop of grain, kernels, with a K, <laughs> kernels must fall into the ground and die. Again, speaking metaphorically, 
When soldiers yield their personal liberties, when he gives his life and dies, it brings forth much fruit. Our Constitution lives today because soldiers have pledged to support and defend this great document. The Bill of Rights, the later amendments to the Constitution, guarantee the right to free speech, freedom of worship, freedom of assembly, justice, prosperity, blessings of all kinds. These have been our harvest of much fruit because of the sacrifice of many thousands who have died and been laid in the ground. Let us also resolve that these dead have not died in vain. We best honor them by showing up at the polls to vote and to solidify our freedoms. We honor them by paying proper respect to our flag. We honor them by volunteering to make our communities a better place to live. But especially, we honor them by praying for God's wisdom for our leaders and for his divine guidance for our country. Let us all resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. It must be unimaginable to experience what goes through the mind of a soldier in the midst of combat. However, I want to make a distinction this morning as we remember all of these brave souls. All who died for our nation are worthy of honor when their last taps is played. But when the soldier is a child of God, when the soldier knows Jesus Christ as his Redeemer and his Savior, that soldier has an unimaginable hope that sustains him through his unimaginable circumstances. The Apostle Paul himself endured unimaginable circumstances. He writes in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 36. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The Apostle Paul. Where's the honor there? But Paul also writes this. And here is that unimaginable hope that surrounds a person going through these unimaginable circumstances. Listen what he writes in Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer him with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now before I read further, I'd like us all to understand that these verses are for the comfort of every suffering child of God. You may not be suffering the trauma of the battlefield, but we all suffer the trauma of sin and its effects on our minds and on our well-being. We read on in this passage, we find out what awaits every Christian soldier when reveille is sounded and the dead in Christ arise. He writes this, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Here then is our glorious hope, delivered from the bondage of corruption, waiting for the redemption of our bodies. 
We don't really have time this morning to get deep into the theology of redemption, but put simply, it means this. Like that dead kernel that falls into the ground, it later springs forth out of the ground with new life. It's like that, that our dead and dying bodies will be springing forth in the resurrection, that we will be fully alive, restored, and whole, without handicaps, without limitations, without susceptibility to pain or disease, confirmed in holiness, and to become the heirs of eternal joy and happiness with our Lord and with our loved ones. That's what it means to be redeemed. That's the blessed hope that we have for all who die in Christ. Unimaginable promise, an unimaginable hope to sustain us through sometimes unimaginable circumstances. For the Christian soldier, the one who serves under the banner of the captain of our salvation, taps in the evening is followed by reveille in the morning. The honor they receive at the graveside will precede the crown of glory they receive at the resurrection. For the soldier of Jesus Christ, whether you're wearing the American uniform or whether you're a soldier in the Lord's army, there is honor and there is glory in sacrifice. Two weeks ago, you had a ladies' tea. And the speaker at that lady's tea told a story that I'm going to repeat from my own experience. And it goes like this. There is a tradition among some military units that a memorial service is conducted. And in that time, a platoon is formed for roll call. And one after another, the platoon sergeant will call the roll. Private Davis, here, sergeant. Corporal Jones, here, sergeant. Private Smith, here, Sergeant. Corporal Johnson, here, Sergeant. Sergeant Baker. Sergeant Baker. Sergeant James Baker. And there's silence. Because Sergeant Baker is no longer among the living. But when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound... And when the roll is called up yonder, every saint and every Christian soldier will answer, Here, Lord! Here, Lord! Let's not detach our remembrance of the fallen from the resurrection of the fallen who served under the banner of Christ. All will rise again, and all will live again in glory. Whether they receive the crown of glory depends upon their relationship with Jesus Christ. If they want the crown of glory then, they must receive Jesus Christ as their Savior now in order to stand before the Lord in that day. Sadly, not all who are worthy of the honor they receive on earth at Arlington, not all of them will receive the crown of glory in heaven. If you tour the battlefields at Gettysburg and other uh, great uh, uh, mo monuments, you're going to find these great monuments that are dedicated to great soldiers. But you seldom find a great monument dedicated to great Christian soldiers. 
More often than not, great Christian soldiers receive very little honor in this life. Christians are often ignored. Christians are often ridiculed. Today, there are many, many giants of the faith who are suffering at the hands of evil men. But Paul writes this. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And when we enter into his presence, we will receive a crown of glory. You may or you may not receive honor in this life, but every believer will be glorified in the next life. Every soldier who has sacrificed his life in the defense of freedom is worthy of the honor he receives. But every child of God who wears the soldier's uniform is worthy of honor in this life, and he will receive glory in the life to come. There is glorification after death. And that is the sense of our text this morning. Listen again as I read from John chapter 12, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. John tells us here that those who love their lives now, those who have no thought of eternity, no consideration of biblical warnings, uh, any of the exhortations that God gives us as to how to live, only living for sensual pleasures. These are the ones who have loved their life now and lost it in the end. But those whose lives are not fashioned, those who are not corrupted by this world, those who have little regard for the pleasures of this world, but have set their affections on things above and not on things of the earth. These will have life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father answer. Did you notice that Jesus says that where I am, where is he? Where I am, Jesus says, he's seated at the right hand of the Father in all the glory and the wonder and majesty of heaven. And where I am, here's the promise, there shall also my servant be, and him will my Father honor. For you, Christian soldier, there is honor, there is glory in sacrifice. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to consider and perhaps to step forward and enlist in the army of Jesus Christ. Think of me now as a recruiter. Think of me as a recruiter for the Lord's army. And let me explain to you the benefits that you will receive as a soldier of the Lord. You're going to have an open door to come boldly into the headquarters of the commander-in-chief, the Lord of Lords. There you're going to find grace and strength to help you in time of need.
open-door policy. You will be issued a new set of spiritual combat clothing, a combat helmet of salvation, boots, a protective vest, and a robe of righteousness, clean and white as snow, that identifies you as a soldier of Jesus Christ. You will have unlimited access to the full armor of God to defeat the enemy. You'll have a shield of faith. You'll have the breastplate of righteousness. You'll have the sword of the Spirit. If you become a soldier of Jesus Christ, you will have an identity that will open up a whole new meaning and purpose for your life. An identity that makes you a new person and that declares you to be free of sin and to be declared righteous. A soldier of Jesus Christ will have intelligence which informs you of the tactics of the enemy and gives you a battle plan to defeat the enemy. You will receive divine orders that will direct your path through every circumstance of life. Ah, this is a good one. If you become a soldier of Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life insurance. A promise of abundant life now and eternal life forever and forever. And when your last taps is played, you will hear reveille in the morning. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Victory is guaranteed for the soldier of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to conclude my sermon the way I have concluded it several times before, certainly appropriate for this particular day. I'm going to play taps. And then I'm going to ask you to prayerfully meditate while I play a familiar hymn that reminds us of the glory that is promised to every Christian soldier. The words will be on the screen behind me. Would you please stand as I play? And as I play, will you step forward to join this triumphant company of warriors for Christ? Become a volunteer for Jesus Christ.
say that any of you that enlisted in the army of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and you gave your heart to him, uh, I'll be at the back. Would you just share that with me or Colonel May? I have some literature I'd like to give you that tells you about this new uh, life that you have in the, the army of the Lord. And so please share that with me on the way out. We'd love to know about it. And in closing here, I would like to ask one of our veterans to close our service in prayer. And so I'm going to call upon Royal Diamond, if he would, to dismiss us with prayer. Thank you, Royal.